shorthanded breakaway. Zach Hyman for the lead. Shoots and scores. Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, McDavid, left circle. Cross ice, one-timer, score. This game is tied. Leon Dreisaitl. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates. Alberta Injury Lawyers. The heavy hitters of injury law. Well, here we go, humans. I can tell you that the Toronto Blue Jays in action tonight. Now, it's actually the second game of a doubleheader. The Blue Jays lost 4-2 earlier today to Tampa Bay after three at Rogers Center. The Rays in front looking to sweep this twin bill, leading the Blue Jays 1-0. We will keep you updated on that game. Your Edmonton Elks back at practice today. They will play on the road at Saskatchewan on Friday. It's on 6.30, Ched. 6 p.m. for the countdown to kickoff, and the kickoff will be at 7.30. Two teams coming off uh, really poor games, to put it bluntly. The Elks pounded 56-28 by Calgary, and Saskatchewan humbled 54-20 by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, Saskatchewan dropping to 6-7 and seven on the season. The Elks are now 3-10. and 10. Uh, probably four teams in the West going to make the playoffs. So a good chance Saskatchewan will cross over to the East and the Elks playoff hopes are not mathematically extinguished, but obviously realistically very, very slim at this point. Here's what's going on with your Edmonton Oilers. They will have the uh, rookies, the prospects get together tomorrow and they'll have some medicals and physical testing and then it's off to Penticton and they will play in the Young Stars tournament Friday through Monday. They're going to play the Jets in a late afternoon game on Friday, an evening game on Saturday against the Flames rookies and then on Monday a matinee contest against the Vancouver Canucks and then it's back to Edmonton. Some of those guys will stick around for main camp which gets going uh, next Wednesday, Thursday, physicals, medicals, uh, media availabilities, and they getting on the ice. Now, this roster for the Oilers should be a pretty good one at this tournament. It will feature the team's last four first-round picks. Reed Schaefer, 32nd overall in 2022. Xavier Borgo, 22nd overall in 2021. Dylan Holloway, who made his NHL debut in the Oilers' final playoff game last season. He was taken 14th overall in 2020. And defenseman Philip Broberg, who's played a handful of NHL games, he was taken eighth overall in 2019. So that's what's coming up here in the uh, short term for your Edmonton Oilers, a focus on uh, the prospects, the uh, the young stars, the rookies, whatever you want to call them, that's coming up over the weekend in Penticton. And we'll have some, uh, some clips from some select players on Inside Sports tomorrow night, so you can look forward to that. All right, uh, so that's what's going on hockey-wise. The football story for the Elks, is uh, interesting because a player that uh, probably many of you, if you're a fan of the team, are interested in, is interested in, uh, is Trey Ford, and he is going to dress for Saskatchewan. Now, we know the story here with Trey Ford, a Canadian quarterback who, if you look at his stats, actually has some pretty modest stats, but this is an Elks team that is having a really, really tough year, has had some very inconsistent quarterback play, primarily from Taylor Cornelius, how much are they going to look at Ford? Now, Cornelius will start on Friday. Trey Ford is back for the season. And, and here's the thing. He threw three passes in the first game of the year against BC. He uh, only completed one of them for eight yards. Another one was intercepted. Another one was incomplete. 
He didn't throw any passes in weeks two and three. He started that game in Hamilton on July 1st, and he got the win with, uh, again, pretty modest passing numbers, 15 for 26, 159 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. He did run the ball six times for 61 yards, which is pretty good. He starts the next week, July 7th, against Calgary. He goes two for three for 52 yards. He made one great play, scrambling and throwing a long pass. He carried twice for six yards. He gets hurt with the shoulder injury, and we have not seen him since. Is he a legitimate prospect to be a future quarterback for the Elks? I don't think we know yet. It would be nice to have had some more information on him to this point. Perhaps we'll get some over the final five games, uh, five games of the year. Head coach Chris Jones with a little bit on Trey Ford. I want him to make sure that he's completely 100%. He's going to address this week, and he will be an option if, if something were to happen to Taylor. Uh, he certainly is throwing the ball uh, very well. The first day I thought he was out here, I thought he was a little tentative to let it rip, but the last two days he's uh, he's really turned the ball loose. And you saw today he had a couple of times when he took off running, it didn't affect his, his running. All right, so that's uh, Chris Jones. Now, Taylor Cornelius will start, and with Ford, when he went down, it was hoped, okay, maybe he won't be out too long. Maybe it'll just be, uh, you know, a week or two, but obviously uh, we haven't seen him really in two months. July 7th was the last time he played, and uh, our Dave Campbell caught up with Ford, and they talked about that muddled timeline. For the it was like week cover. three, and I mean, at this point, I didn't do any. Like, I wasn't working out yeah. or anything. I was just kind of just standing there stationary, and I started. I could probably throw, and then I started actually doing some like activity. I'm like, okay, there's no. I couldn't even throw the ball five yards. Yeah. But uh, it's definitely hard to. It's hard to put a timeline on it because you want to get back so badly, and you're kind of sitting here, and it's just film all the time, and you actually want to get out there and mm -hmm. play. But I mean, you, you got to play it safe. Hopefully, have a long and healthy career, and just gonna focus on that. So I know you got key pieces out with with Kenny and with with Manny Arsenault, yeah. and then you bring in Dylan Mitchell, and then Jalen Marshall's back, and Kevin Brown seems to change the complexion of the offense. How much have you seen the offense kind of change, and how much has the new pieces made Taylor a better quarterback? Yeah, I mean, our, I think our offense has continued to change throughout the year, obviously, with just the different pieces that are coming in. Um, a lot younger guys, so we aren't as experienced at the receiving core here. But we are, so we're super athletic, and I'm super confident in all the guys out there. I'm sure Taylor is, too. And uh, Taylor's done a good job just being on the same page with his receivers. Whether it's an old guy or a new guy coming in, mm -hmm. he gets everybody on the right page, gets them on timing, and he's done a really, really job of that. Right. He's also been able to stretch the field with his legs, which I'm, you know, it's part of my game. And seeing him do it is really, really good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, obviously, you know, he's a bigger guy, six five. Yeah. But uh, I think he runs like four six or something. That's fast, love, deceptive speed, right? Yep. So he, he can he can move, and I'm happy that he's starting to do that. Have you been prepared for walking into Rider Nation? Oh for sure. I mean, I, I heard it's pretty hectic, but I mean, what can I do about it, right? I can, I'm not going to go in there and silence <laughs> the crowd, so go out there and do what I got to do. All right, so that's a little bit there from Trey Ford. And uh, again, we're not sure if or how much he is going to play on Friday night. But Chris Jones is confident that Ford is mentally ready if he gets in there. It's, it's unfortunate for him. I mean, he, he earned that, that opportunity, and uh, it's just real unfortunate that he did get nicked up. And, uh, you know, we expect him to come right back and jump in. He's been in his book. He's been in the meetings, and so he's done everything uh, asked of him off the field uh, while he was injured. All right, so Ford coming back. What does this mean for Taylor Cornelius? Time will tell there. Uh, I, Taylor Cornelius, here's my thing with Taylor Cornelius, and, and the Elks have a, a lot of flaws this season, obviously. I, I, I don't know if there's a position group you would look at and say that's a really, really good position group. I, I think the defensive line has been 
decent. I think the linebackers have been decent. I, I think you can look at some of the other position groups and uh, and find a lot of flaws or at best a lot of inconsistent play. I, I mean, I think the receivers are okay if, uh, if Lawler and Arsenal are healthy, but they haven't been the last couple of games. So with Cornelius, uh, I mean, he's under 2,000 yards passing. He's uh, only thrown for eight touchdowns. He's thrown, for, he's thrown for six interceptions. He makes some good plays. I, I think with Cornelius, the, the issues that I see is uh, his high-end plays are there, but his low-end plays are simply too low, and they're, and they're really harmful. And we saw that at the start of the game against Calgary on the weekend. He starts off with a couple of nice plays, a couple of nice passes, and then it's not just an interception. It's, it's a pick six. Um, and we've, I think we've seen that in some other games that his, uh, his mistakes can be quite costly. Not the only, other, not the only guy on the team you can say that about, but he is playing quarterback. So, um, you know, sometimes what's the old saying about quarterback, you get too much of the blame and, and too much of the, uh, uh, too much of the credit when things go right, too much of the blame when things go wrong. Um, but, but I do think if, as Chris Jones and company try to turn the team around, that they're going to have to find more, uh, more of a solid player at quarterback because for me Cornelius hasn't progressed as much as as I would like Cornelius did comment today on having Trey Ford back yeah it's good to have Trey back glad he's you know back healthy and and he's off the sixth game you know he got to practice a little bit last week uh, so it was good to see him back out there and just you know he brings you know a lot of joy to the locker room and just a good guy and things like that um can't speak too much on what you know he's going to be used in and things yeah. like that but uh you know it, it's good to have him back and he should be up this week all right so uh there's a storyline for the elks i also want to see kevin brown the running back again uh i'm looking forward to seeing uh dylan mitchell the receiver again i i think another player with uh potential and uh maybe uh maybe a returner that could uh, help out the Edmonton Elks. Now we know about the long, long drought of uh, of the Elks not having a kick return touchdown. Christian Salisbury, who was on the roster earlier in the season, brought back by the Elks. He had some nice returns against Calgary. Maybe there's some potential there. But the uh, the Elks are really trying to find some players that they're going to be want to they're going to want to stick around for next season. Tough, tough year. There have been uh, now four blowout losses. Uh, out of the 10, six losses in which they were close, but just ultimately not good enough. A 3-10 and 10 record. I mentioned uh, the, the playoffs. I mean, virtually uh, impossible at this point for, for the Elks to make the playoffs, especially if they, like, if they beat Saskatchewan. Okay, you're two games behind Saskatchewan with four games left, but Saskatchewan has the tiebreaker because they won two games in, in Edmonton already. Uh, the Elks are going to have to pretty much run the table to get to the playoffs, and, and, I, and they haven't shown anything to indicate that they can go out there and win five in a row. Yeah, it's been tough. Uh, it's uh, it's not been a good year. I, I know I've been asked by a lot of people, where's the growth? Where's the growth that Chris Jones promised? Uh, I get it. There have been some absolutely deflating nights. Like when you play decent on Labor Day and then come out at home five days later and uh, you're more or less out of the game in the second quarter, maybe, maybe not entirely out of the game, but you're you're in a situation where your odds of winning are are really, really low. It's uh, it's tough after going 3-11 and 11 last year. And I mentioned this on the show last night. Uh, you're 3-10 and 10 this year. You're 3-11 and 11 last year. There was no season in 2020. And in 2019, in the second half of the season, the Elks went 2-7. and seven. That's 8-28 and 28 in their last 36 games. 
So uh, they're not, I mean, we talk a lot about the uh, home field losing streak. There haven't been a lot of wins on the road either for the Elks in the last uh, about two and a half seasons. But Chris Jones says, uh, look, I know it's going tough, but I just can't come in here and yell at the players and make them feel bad about themselves all the time. Well, the thing is, is uh, they've already got one opponent, so you can't become their opponent. They can't be fighting both opponents, so they can't fight their coaching staff and the opponent. So we've got to be part of the solution as to how to get them to execute on the field and do the things necessary to win football games, not just play good in spurts. And so we've got to uh, we've got to eliminate those things. Well, I, I think he kind of said it there. They they can play good in spurts. Those spurts don't last long enough, and they tend not to do enough damage when they do have a good spurt. And whether it's Cornelius, the defensive backs, just the the special. I mean, the special teams have not been good. Blocked punts the last two games. Punter John Ryan's going to join us after the six thirty news to talk a little bit about that, and we'll touch on the uh, game played by his former team last night the Seattle Seahawks but it's it just seems like it's always something for the Elks and the mistakes they made uh, they make are a too numerous and b uh too severe for them to to overcome here along the way all right appreciate you checking out the show tonight I am always happy to hear from you at 780-496-0063 the hotline is presented by CertainTeed the pros choice for roofing siding drywall insulation and ceiling systems CertainTeed Pro all the way. You can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. And you can email the show, Inside Sports at 630Ched.com. It is always heartwarming to receive an email from a listener. And uh, I believe we have a streak going of three consecutive episodes of Inside Sports in which someone has, has emailed me and uh, warmed my heart. I, I don't think I read the one last night. We were talking about players that, uh, well, I asked you about, which oiler was it most upsetting for you to see in another team's uniform? Uh, but somebody wrote in and said it was it was kind of unnerving back in the day to see Bobby Orr as a Chicago Blackhawk. That was a pretty good answer. Let's do an off-topic topic today. Jaylin asked me when I was on with her about half an hour ago if I uh, watched the Emmys last night, which I did not. I don't really uh, – I guess I'm interested in seeing who wins, but I, I, I don't really watch the Emmys. It's not appointment viewing for me. But so much great television – uh, I will ask you this for our off-topic topic. The best television program or season of a program, in the, let's, let's say in the last decade, going back to about 2012, the best television program or series of the uh, last decade. That's our off-topic topic, 780-496-0063. We do have John Ryan coming up. It's Inside Sports on Chet. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. All right, thanks for checking out the show tonight. Uh, Elks game uh, coming up on Friday, 6 o'clock for the countdown to kickoff and the game at 7.30. Elks at the Rough Riders' third and final meeting of the season between these two teams. Uh, One of the many droughts the Elks are trying to end is a win within the division 0-9 against the West this year. Saskatchewan 3-4 against Western opponents. Uh, The Blue Jays still down 1-0 to Tampa Bay. That game in the top of the fifth. The Rays won the earlier one today. It's the second half of a doubleheader right now. 4-2 Tampa Bay was the final earlier. 780-496-0063. Kellen Kennedy back at the 630 Chet Broadcasting Compound. Kellen, the, the Seahawks won the game. We were so pessimistic. We they were. pulled it out. In hindsight, yes. In hindsight, how could we have doubted Geno Smith? In Geno, we trust? 
I had the not, question mark at the end of it. Who, who did not lead the team to a point in the second half, but uh, a couple of turnovers in the red zone and the missed field goal with the uh, questionable clock management at the end of the game by the Broncos and uh, Seattle with the upset over Denver. So there we go. They're one quarter of the way to their win total as predicted by Sports Illustrated. Nice to get there so quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of people uh, were talking, hey, they could be the, the uh, dark horse, you know, coming out of everything and that stuff at the end of the season. And I'm like, well, it's only after week one. I'm thinking, yeah, we'll temper see. our think, expectations I, here, folks. But th- there is some there is some work to do, and uh, they're in a pretty tough division as well. So that's, uh, you know, two games against the Rams, two against the 49ers, two against the Cardinals. So just that is pretty tough. Uh, okay, we'll talk more about that, uh, that game and uh, more about the Edmonton Elks with punter John Ryan coming up after the 630 News. Uh, I for the off-topic topic, best television show of the last decade, 7824960063. What do you have, Kellen? Okay, unknown text to start things off here. He's, or he or she votes uh, Formula One Drive to Survive. Great inside view of that racing series. I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's really good. So That is, uh, I, I only watched, I watched the first episode. I thought it was good. It, it didn't necessarily make me want to watch the whole thing. I'm probably in the minority there. It's very popular. And I, I'm glad someone wrote into that because, you know, the documentary type series, uh, which I necessarily wasn't, I wasn't really thinking of. So that's cool. But I, I mean, Joaquin Gage has been on the show about how that really pulled him into Formula One. And now he's a huge fan. Yep, exactly. Uh, one more from Logan here. He says he wants to say corner gas, but he doesn't think it dates back that far. So, uh, well, close enough. We can give him the benefit of the doubt. Sure. Uh, what was it? Brent Butt? Was that the guy in that? Brent Butt, uh, it yes. Start, it started in 2004. So still, uh, this century. When was it on? 2004 to 2009. And we got All one right. for the Rocking... Oh, sorry, the Walking Dead. Not the Rocking Dead, but the Walking Dead by Roger. The Rocking, walking, Dead, would be something different. walking Dead, uh, I gave up on. I really liked it, and then I, it sort of dropped off for me, and I, I think I stopped... I want to say midway through season seven, but uh, I did enjoy it till that point. It just was getting a little, a little too much for me. But it's still going strong. I think it's going into its final season here. 